Hello. Hi. We're back. Back at it again. <laughs> it's been a while. We took a little hiatus, a little uh, break between seasons, if you will. We did. Yeah, let's call this season two. Season two. Welcome. Only made it 11, 12 episodes. <laughs> you know what? It's, um, you know those like exclusive like miniseries? It's like one of those, except we're back again with the same shit. Uh, this is Grad Student's Guide to Murder. Where we talk about grad school and murder. Pretty uh, one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> Similar experience. <laughs> um, so what's up, Z? What's happening in your world? Oh, really? <laughs> what is not Catch happening? Catch me up. Catch me up. What has happened lately? Well, let's just say Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. You did it. You did it. Congratulations on becoming the president. At the Divided States of America. And Kamala Harris? <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. We are the champions, <laughs> my um, friend. Congratulations to Donald Trump for getting a full 48 hours of uh, golf, golf <laughs> in, you know? It's a busy time. Not but unusual. Good for him for, like, fitting that in and getting his mind right and just, you know, mm -hmm. uh, refusing scream, to concede. Scream tweeting. Scream tweeting. Uh... <laughs> What else? Uh, reciting the most horrendous, horrific speech I've ever heard or seen in quite some time. You mean his little, like, coup speech? Where he was like, if you count the legal votes, I won. If you count the illegal votes, he wins. That one? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, that was not good for any... I mean, it doesn't matter who you voted for. No, it's scary. That was bad. I went to his Twitter today. I don't follow him, but I was just curious. And all of his tweets are, like, flagged by Twitter as, like, this is not accurate. And you can, like, click view to see it anyway. And they're all just these, like, all caps, like, meltdowns descending into madness about, like, all of the legal votes. Like, all 71 million of the legal votes are mine. And so, like, I win the presidency. The 74 illegal votes shouldn't count. And it's like, where do you figure that? Like, any vote that isn't for you isn't legal? I mean, we could, we could dive into <laughs> the legality of how this election works. Or we could dive into, like, his psyche and what is going on and his fragile, he fragile is, little mind. He is spiraling. Yeah, like... This is this is a, a breakdown. I knew he was narcissistic, but this is, like, this is not beyond good. narcissism. Um, but anyway, another great news... Can we talk about the Four Seasons landscape? Yes. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, man. I think that, like, most people know about this. But if you don't, you're welcome. Go look this up immediately. If you just Google, like, Four Seasons Total Landscaping, I'm sure the article will come up. But this, oh, man, this is just such common goals. I typed goals. in four space S-E, and the first thing <laughs> that comes up is Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> like, the number four, and it's it's up there, ready to go. Okay, let me try and find this. Um, okay, so basically, they're the um, Trump people were having a press conference yesterday, and so they booked it at the Four Seasons, but not the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia, a place called Four Seasons Total Landscaping. And Rudy Giuliani is, like, speaking in, in the picture. There's video of it, too. And it's not, like, it's clearly not a venue for any kind of event at all. And the fact that, like, they got there, realized what the place was, and set up anyway is so funny. Too. Like, the images had me, like, crying laughing earlier. They, they clearly booked the wrong place. And instead of arriving and saying, oh... We got the wrong place and just going to wherever they were trying to book, they thought, no, we'll do this anyway in this parking lot with with, with no place to stand. There's actually nowhere to stand it's other like than where the podium is. It's like in front of like a loading dock or something. And then, oh, I, oh, not only that, it's, what are the two, two buildings next to it? Oh, yeah. There's like an adult toy store. That had like a like dildos for sale sign in the window and a crematorium on the other side. <laughs> like, I couldn't have planned this better. No, you couldn't have written that. Wow. Like, I don't think that anything in like Veep or The Office even comes close to that comedy. I wouldn't have even if I had something to say. Like, <laughs> we're giving a press briefing or some kind of speech or, or whatever. 
I, w- I would be like, I, I can't do this. Yeah, I, I would have, if I were Rudy Giuliani, I would have gotten there and been like, I Absolutely can't speak not. here, you guys. <laughs> are you what kidding is this? me? <laughs> My, like, there are so many. This is like something out of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I have so many favorite pieces to this, but one is just imagining the person who took the call at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping. <laughs> And they're like, you you want to do a Trump press conference? I was like, who? here? Yeah, it's almost like, is this a prank call? <laughs> who is this? Uh, this is Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's so perfect that they were just like, sure, yep, it's yours. We'll you set booked it up it. for You're you. You're on our calendar. <laughs> hey, Paulie, get over here. Get over here. Rudy's on the phone. Oh man. Wait, do you hear this? <laughs> You know, Trump even tweeted about it. <laughs> that's actually, that's how I found out about it. Is I was, when I, like, mentioned I was going through his Twitter feed earlier, I, like, saw him tweet, um, big press conference later. Big. For, <laughs> four seasons total landscaping in Philadelphia at 11.30 a.m. And I was like, landscaping? What? Like, what? <laughs> and so I googled it and found this amazing article. And, like, the pictures and the video of Rudy speaking... Like, yeah. he is having a full-on, like, breakdown up there, at that podium. There are a number of people uh, <laughs> in Trump's circle that are, are not taking this well. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it's tough to lose. Yeah. Everyone knows it's hard to lose. No one wants to lose, but come I mean, on now. Like, come on. You wouldn't have lost if you weren't the absolute worst person. Like, all you have to do is, like, survive the presidency, pretty much. And like it's rare, it's rare you get a one-term president. Yeah, I mean, there's like a handful in history, but um, it's pretty rare to as the yeah. incumbent not be reelected. Well, and, and there were lots. I mean, the the Republicans came out in force. There were tons of Republicans voting uh, during this election. That really, I mean, what he got seventy-one million votes, which yeah. is the most by any president. So he did well. Yeah, but not I mean, good enough. Everyone yeah. voted this and year. And actually having like a, a crisis that happens during your re-election usually helps you like pull through because right. people are like, oh, we're going through war or right now a pandemic, right. right? Like we're going through something. We need stability and like, you know, a person right. who's been on the job. It's not time to change yet. Yeah, we need, we exactly. Need we need but, to like go through this. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it turns out he's the reason we're still in this. So yeah, it's... he got to go. Oh man, it's yeah. it's amazing, it's so amazing. It's poetic justice it, right now. It's so many things, but yeah, yeah. So, um, no grad school discourse today. No, that's the discourse. This is the discourse. Joe, Robin Hood, Biden. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of name is Robinette? Joe's. <laughs> Joe's middle name. Uh, I mean, I don't even have anything else to say. Should we just leave it at that and start an unmurder? Well, it's one of those things where there's so much to say you can't say it. Because exactly. it's just, it's all, it, it's a mishmash of, it's a blur at this it point. It is a blur. Like, I feel so many things. I, like, part of me, like, it hasn't even set in yet. And part of me, for at least, like, the first day, well, it was really election week. It wasn't election day. But as we were, like, waiting for it to be called... I was so, like, nervous about what Trump was going to do and how he's going to handle it. And now I'm, like, assured that they will physically, like, get security to remove him if he won't leave the White House. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He can't stage a coup. It's unfortunate that he's being enabled right now by, like, other people in his party. Yeah, but that's also just, um, that's their way of coping with loss is irresponsibility mm-hmm. uh i guess they're embarrassed childish behavior i mean like the only thing more embarrassing than a loss is looking like a little baby about the loss yeah it's not good. like everyone loses and so like it makes you look way better if you're like oh, we didn't do it we didn't win the election like you know next moving on but for him to like have this public meltdown and like complain and whine about it is like, dude, you look so pathetic. It's so it's bad. So sad. It's like so bad. I came close to almost like start to feel bad for him. I didn't at oh. all. But like clearly he's like mentally not well. No, he's not doing well. <laughs> when do you think we'll see or hear? Oh, he's gonna do rallies, right? 
I read that. It's not a good idea. <laughs> it's just like, guys, we're trying to bring the country together. Do they not understand that, like, at this point, we got it? Like, yeah. Was he calling it election defense rallies? Where he's going to, like... Well, he's also... Uh, suing I don't every think this state. Is fra- I don't think this is fraudulent. But he's trying oh. to... He's trying to get people to donate to his campaign fund. So, what, what is he trying to... Where's so the money he trying has to go? an election defense fund now. Right, an and he's soliciting fund. money from his supporters to, like, pay for all the, like, you know, legal battles he's waging... But, but the fine print <laughs> says that a, a 60% huge of chunk it. of it is actually going to towards paying a, a, the debt from his campaign. From his campaign. Yeah. And oh, come on, I man. I mean, imagine, imagine you have a candidate and they lose, and then they have the nerve to ask for your money after the fact and tell you that it's going to something else when really it's just like paying for the thing that they just lost. Yeah, why would it's, like it's not good. why would you give your money to that? Do you well, think people are doing it? Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty oh, of people doing it. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I mean he's basically he's basically making a GoFundMe page for his cry session. Yes. And that's that's he's basically like I want you guys to feel bad for me, so can y'all pay me money? Yeah. It's it's. Oh, and also I'm in debt because of the election I just lost. So yeah. well, can you that's pay not for the that only reason too. why he's in debt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Anything else on that? I mean, I could... I could Go all day. Like what my dad says, <laughs> I can talk till the cows come home. <laughs> That's a good dad quote. Right? Yeah. Actually, every time he says it, I, I, I like chuckle a little bit. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, but please, if you haven't looked into this, go look up the Four Seasons Tittle Landscaping fiasco. Finasco, if you will. <laughs> That's a nice reference. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not sure if this is an employee, but I'm just reading this line in an article about it, and it said, mm-hmm. if we didn't think it was real, we realized, oh my god, this isn't a joke, and all the details just kept getting better and better. I think this will provide eternal happiness for me when I think about it. Oh, man. I mean, that's everyone's <laughs> reaction. And and even even the uh, uh, speech that Rudy Giuliani gave was not good. No. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, like, like, I'm okay. filing that away for a, for a bad day. Like, you, if I ever need a laugh. You know when you're, you're sitting there sometimes and a thought comes in your head and you're like, oh, I really want to tweet this or I really want to post this or I really want to, I want to tell some, someone about this. Mm-hmm. And you get to that, you get close to that point and you're about to type it in and you go, you know what? I I'm shouldn't. not going to do that. Yeah, that happens to you a lot. It does happen to me a lot. <laughs> Which is good. You edit yourself. I do edit my, well, I have a, I have a, pretty thick filter for the most part yeah right now not so much because uh <laughs> we're on the, we're on top baby but uh <laughs> uh i'm just the one thing that surprises me about what i've seen over the last few years especially with the trump administration there's no filter and there are people no. who are their their job is to decide what they're going to say publicly or what they're going to do publicly or the different things that they're going to advertise. Do they not listen to those people, though? Like, those people obviously must be employed by, like, the Trump team. But, like, Rudy doesn't use them. Trump doesn't use them. Even, like, his press secretary is, like, on something. Kaylee McEnany or whatever. Yeah. There, like, there's something going... There's some kind of, like, groupthink yeah, that is uh, they're just, like, circulating through their... Yeah, they're quacks, all of them. Like, nothing you say makes any sense and is, like, moral or logical or anything that is, like, even close to not awful. Well, you'll notice the behavior change. So, like, if you if you watch uh, or, you know, look into how these people were in their profession before mm. they became part of the Trump administration, it was like, okay, I don't believe in some of the things that they believed. I mean, that's fine. Right, but they mm-hmm. at least held themselves like, all right, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, or, like Rudy Giuliani or I'm gonna at least stay professional. Like respected, right? Right. I mean, like you know, I'm I'm gonna go about my day like a professional. Then they started joining the Trump administration, and the people who were acting very professional during their jobs and and trying to say, okay, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. All right, let's think about this. Got let's fired. Discuss. Or they quit. all got fired. Yeah. 
And then the people who stayed were the ones who were like, oh, crap, I have to, like, really, really kiss this guy's ass, Mm -hmm. like, hard. True. And I have to not only do that, but I have to make him feel like he's this, you know, president ordained by God. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, I'm getting fired. And then their behavior just starts spiraling out of control. And so now we have this, you know, coup, basically, (laughs) of people who are just trying to spew lies with no... Like, listen, if you want to take this to court and find out if there's any fraud going on and see what's going on, that's totally fine. But what's not okay is just spewing random crap, Mm -hmm. right? And also, um, I saw this tweet. It's from someone that I I can't remember, but um, this tweet was like, does Trump understand how the Supreme Court works? It's not a drive-through. You can't no. just pull up and be like, hey, like, can I get this? Like, you have to, like, mount a case with evidence. And then yeah. they have they decide if they want to take your, to yeah, hear your case one or one not. One. You don't get to be like, yo, Supreme Court, like, serve me. Well, and the other thing is, like, people were saying, oh, this election is so ridiculous. Oh, this, this, this. I'm like, you know, elections have never been determined on the day on election right. day. They're there still counting, always. There have yeah. been projections, and there have been mathematical mm-hmm. probabilities that say, oh, this person is definitely going to win. Yeah. But on, you know, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every election, they're still counting votes. Mm-hmm. So when we're sitting here, you know, today's Sunday, and votes are still being counted... That's not, that's nothing new. Right. Like, that's not suspicious. No. And it takes a little bit longer this time because, like, you have to open up all of the envelopes from the mail-in ballots and well, such. Well, there, there was a, you know, the Trump administration said that Pennsylvania can't start counting until Election Day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all a lot of places. other states were able to start counting the mail-in ballots a, a couple days early. So each state is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, like, Ohio started counting the mail-in ballots first so biden kind of jumped up to a lead because he typically is the one who's going to receive most of the mail-in ballots Mm -hmm. most of the votes for mail-in ballots for trump isn't because most democrats voted early Mm -hmm. by mail and so he started off winning in ohio but then once they started getting into the election day votes Mm -hmm. which all a lot of trump supporters really you know Mm -hmm. they voted in person on november 3rd then trump started to catch up well guess what if you're going to reverse the process, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Yeah. Trump will jump out to an early lead, and then Biden yeah, will start exactly. taking it. Yeah, why didn't they find that it's suspicious? Simple. It's simple logic. Hearing them be like, we were ahead, and now we're not. Oh, all fraud. of a sudden, these <laughs> these Biden votes just keep coming out of nowhere. I'm like, yeah, no. that's how it happens. That's, that's how, how math works. That's how works. it works when you count things and you add to a sum. <sighs> but the greatest humor that we got out of it was some of the gr- the greatest memes we got on the internet. Amazing we have, memes we have seen in decades. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Nevada, but the memes are it's a good crop of memes. <laughs> I loved it. And I, I like my favorite is like you know people yelling at uh, the count from Sesame Street, <laughs> and he's like, "The hell did I do?" <laughs> uh, so many good. We'll post stop the count. On our the count's like. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Shall we? Oh, jumping right in. Yeah. Let's do it. It's a long one, so. Oh, okay. Gotta then. start. Okay. So, my sources are a book called 100 Most Infamous Criminals by Joe Durden Smith. Um, my cousin is a listener to this podcast, and so he gave us this book or lent us this book to look through. And, um,. I, I picked my case from it. Also, we're probably going to make it one of our uh, coffee table books. So if you ever uh, stop by our house and you see a, a serial killer mm-hmm. coffee table book, don't be alarmed. Yeah. Are you inviting <laughs> all of our listeners to our house during a pandemic? All at once. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be it's gonna All be three of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but okay. right? Like, think about it. Imagine walking into a house. And seeing and that seeing book. Serial killer. Like, pictures of serial killers. <laughs> It's a cool book. It's good. Yeah. You should pick your next one from it, too. Um, it's easy, because you can just, like, go through. Okay, all right. Anyway, follow-up details are from the Los Angeles Magazine, Wikipedia, and the LA Times. Wow. Right? It's like nice. actual research. It's so official. Okay, so don't don't read my Google Doc. Well, I, I, can't, I can barely see it. Okay, great. 
Just making sure. Because sometimes while you're telling yours, I read Oh, you yours. read it? Oh, I love how you're like, don't do this. Well, I, I do, do it. I do it, but you shouldn't do it. Well, no, because it like it ruins the story for me. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but I'll like read all the way to the bottom while you're still like talking about like the first line, and then I ruin it for myself. Okay, so. she reads twice as fast as I do. That's the problem. Yeah, she'll see me like struggling and be like, "Let me just read this for you." <laughs> <laughs> when you like read an out an email out loud to me, I I can't. So today <laughs> I was studying for the exam, and I it's like Z, Z. <laughs> Are I you can, the TA? <laughs> Are you supposed to be teaching? Uh, Yikes. All right. You ready? Yep. This story takes place in La Cunada, which is a city in L.A. County out near Burbank and Pasadena. Oh, yeah. It's like kind of like edge of L.A., LA yeah. like valley-ish. Um, so it's August of 1935, so we're a ways back, on a warm summer evening when James and Viola Pemberton... Um, had driven with their friend Robert James to his brand new home on Verdugo Road for dinner. Fun fact, Verdugo means executioner in Spanish. Oh! That's just a fun little coincidence. Um, So James and Viola, the married couple, and their friend Robert were heading back to Robert's house to pick up Robert's wife, 25-year-old Mary, before um, they all headed out to dinner as, like, a couple's dinner date. Sounds fun. Yeah. Um... Turns out that they didn't get to go, though. So oh, we'll not, <laughs> not Mary and Robert were newlyweds. They had just been married three months ago. Um, and when they pulled up to the house, they expected Mary to meet them at the door or come out to the car. But she didn't, so they all got out and started looking for her. Um, James went into the backyard and, um, like, shined his flashlight on the pond in the back where they had, like, a little, like, koi pond in the backyard. Um, and James says, I had the flashlight pointing to the other side of the pond. I nearly stumbled on the body before I saw it. I looked down and it was right at my feet. Then I turned my light upon it and saw Mrs. James lying with her face in the water. Her yellow hair was floating. And on Mary's left big toe was a strange, discolored, slightly swollen puncture wound. Okay, so there's, there's the scene of the crime. (laughs) He looks so pensive right now. A puncture wound on her toe makes me think she got bit by like a spider or rattlesnake or something interesting however <laughs> this is murder so i'm gonna just assume it's not a uh, a serial killer snake or spider interesting you say that oh interest very interesting just hey i'm not sherlock holmes or anything <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay so now let's talk about robert james it's kind of confusing because the friend who found her his name is james but the guy we're focusing on... RJ? RJ, yeah. Um, Robert James was born Raymond Lazemba in 1894. So he's going to be Raymond from now on, No, he's going to be Robert. Damn. Sorry. Um, In 1894 in Hale County, Alabama. He grew up working in cotton fields and then was sent to barber school by his sister's husband. So he cuts hair for a living. Um, He changed his name from Raymond Lazemba to Robert James as a young adult. Lazemba's a cool last name. Lizenba kind of sounds Dutch. I'm not oh, sure. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't look up what he was. But um, how do you spell it? L I. Yes. I. L I. S E, N B A. Lizenba. Name, please hold. We're looking up this crucial detail for you. Don't worry. Lizenba surname. <laughs> Not listed. Oh, dope. <laughs> there are a lot of Dutch names that end in like ba or ma. Hmm. So, anyway, um, we'll say he's not though, because I don't want him to be, because I'm Dutch. Um, all right, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so. He changes his name from Raymond Lazenba to Robert James as a young adult, and um, he serves in World War One, and he's a major. Wow. So yeah, so technically his real title with his given name would be Major Raymond Lazenba, but I'm going to call him that's Robert badass. since that's what he changed his name to for whatever reason. So Robert Robert marries his first wife Maud Duncan on October um, eighth, nineteen fourteen, in Birmingham, Alabama. But soon she files for divorce, accusing him of being way too into kinky and sadistic sex. That's a quote. Okay. Um, So Robert moves to Kansas after that, 
and gets married again a few years later, this time to a woman named Vera May. Um, but then she divorces him after the father of a pregnant young woman ran him out of town, which is super suspicious. And probably it sounds like to me he cheated and got this other woman pregnant. Yep. And so, like, the father of that guy, like, you know. Yeah. So Robert escapes to North Car- North Dakota to get away from this little situation um, and then ends up in La Cunada, California, which is where our story takes place. So then he meets a woman named Winona Wallace, and she becomes wife number three. And around the time that Robert and Winona get married, he inherits $4,000 from his uncle's life insurance policy since his uncle recently passed away. Wow. In today's money, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, 4000 in 1920. You want me to look that up? Yeah, sure. In today's dollars, that would be... Yeah. Okay, so that's like that's like a good amount of money. Fifty two thousand, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, so let's say he inherits like around that much in today's money. Um and he thinks that that is awesome and that this is a great idea. Um and so he decides to take out a life insurance policy on Winona for five thousand dollars from prudential insurance. And, of course, he gets one for himself, too, so it's not too suspicious. Um, so, in September of 1932, Robert and Winona are driving on Pikes Peak Highway while they're on a trip to Glen Cove, Colorado. Winona's driving, and onlookers report seeing the car go flying off the road and down a mountainside. Oh! <laughs> when rescuers get to the scene, they find Walla- uh, Winona alive. Sorry, not true. They find Robert alive with relatively minor injuries despite the intensity of the crash. Robert tells investigators that he managed to jump free, but Winona got trapped in the car, which is now pinned against a large boulder about 150 feet below the road. Oh, that's a, yep. Mm. She gone. But when they get to Winona, she's still alive. Ooh! Right? Um, she smells strongly of alcohol, and she has, you know, like, cuts all over herself. She's badly injured. She's taken to the hospital, and they remove bullet fragments from her brain. Oh, no. Yeah. She also has a very serious wound behind her ear, as if she was struck there, and it doesn't look, um, like, like it makes sense with how, like, the impact of the car crash. Mm-hmm. So she's released from the hospital a few weeks later. Um, amazingly, I don't know how she survives that. And goes, she she really survived. Yeah. With the, she was shot. She was. She was shot. The car went off a cliff, off a mountainside. Wow. Right. Dude, that gives me hope. Well, there's we're not uh, done yet. Um, and she goes to recover at a cottage in Manitou Springs, Manitou. It's a resort city in Colorado. Since she can't like travel home to California, she's still too injured for that. So she's like recovering there. Um, but a week into her stay at the cottage, a delivery guy bringing over groceries finds her lying on her back in a half-filled tub. Mm. He alerts Robert, who calls authorities, and tells him that his wife had probably ignored doctor's orders to avoid washing her hair because of the head wound and drowned as a result. Ooh. And they're like, okay, sounds good. Like, here's the insurance money. Avoid washing her hair and drowned as a result. Yeah, like, I guess because, like... Her head wound was so bad that she, like, shouldn't be in charge of her own, like, bathing and hair washing. Because she could... No idea. It doesn't add up. It does not add up. (laughs) So, Robert collects the insurance settlement and heads back to Alabama, where he marries wife number four, a woman named Ruth Thomas. And so, when she finds out that um, he wants to take out life insurance on her, she says, quote, when you insure people, they always die of something strange, and she divorces him. So Ruth probably saved her own life there. Oh, damn. <laughs> so Robert's next victim is his young, accident-prone nephew, Cornelius Wright, who's a sailor in the Navy. What if like, that name sounds super familiar? Cornelius Wright? Do you know Cornelius Wright? <laughs> like history of some sort. Um, Robert invites Cornelius to come visit when he's on leave from the Navy, um, but unbeknownst to Cornelius, Robert has taken out a life insurance policy on his nephew, which is super sketch, right? Like, you don't take out life insurance on your nieces and nephews, no. right? Like, and they have parents. Um, and plus, like, they're younger than you. So, like, what are you worried about? And that just makes no sense to me. It's a major red flag. But anyway, 
Um, Cornelius visits, and Robert lets him use his car to get around town, and Cornelius promptly drives off a cliff, killing himself. Hmm, the mechanic, interesting. <laughs> interesting coincidence. Wow. The mechanic who examines... Also, where are these cliffs coming from? There's too many cliffs around this area. <laughs> the mechanic who examined the accident scene found something wrong with the steering wheel, but this doesn't get reported until later. Mm. And I feel like this is so, like, 19... 19- tens and twenties where things can just happen over and over again and all it takes is you just like move somewhere else because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no one has like let me let me look on facebook let's check oh the database my God, this dude has had five wives in the past year okay um so speaking of five wives in march of 1935 robert marries his fifth wife 25 year old mary emma bush um robert is 38 at the time so a little bit of an age gap Mary is a manicurist, and remember, Robert's a barber, so I guess that's probably how they met. Um, But, of course, he takes out a life insurance policy on her as soon as they get married. Three months into their marriage, Robert begins to plan out how he'd like to cash in on that insurance policy. He asks his assistant at his barber shop, a man named Charles Hope, to help execute the murder. He knows Charles is struggling with money, so... um, Charles does it. He's reluctant, but willing to do it for a few thousand dollars. (laughs) Charles offers to help um, by... Okay, listen to this. So Charles knows a guy at a snake farm in Long Beach. And so he tells this to Robert. Robert likes that idea and orders him to go buy two rattlesnakes to kill Mary. The rattlesnakes names... You know, two, just in case the first one. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) The rattlesnakes names are lightning and lethal, which I just, I lethal have to Lethal lightning, laugh. baby. <laughs> right? That's like, that's like the name of my biceps. <laughs> <laughs> lightning and lethal. <laughs> oh, man. And that detail is undisputed across all sources, too. Like, they all have that in there, that, like, the rattlesnakes are named lightning and lethal. That's that's my third thing to happen this this we, week. I'm writing those names down. we got to keep those. <laughs> if we get fish or something, can we oh, lightning yes. and lethal? <laughs> yes. Okay, so now this brings us back to August of 1934, when Mary is discovered face down in the pond in their backyard. So police assume that she had fallen, concussed herself, and drowned. So Mary is buried, no questions asked. But and Robert <laughs> no collects. No questions on, asked. Robert collects on the insurance payout. Detective, sorry, no questions asked. <laughs> <laughs> but a few weeks later, Robert, being himself, can't can't help himself, but reportedly. Um, is harassing and accosting a woman on the street. And so the police start to look into him. Oh my God. Um, they question the people that he works with, and so naturally they run into Charles at the barbershop, who is pretty much immediately willing to tell them everything. Like, he had yeah. a huge part in this, but he is he's not really a criminal. Well, this makes him a criminal, I guess. But before this, I don't think he had done anything wrong, and he probably feels super guilty about it. Mm-hmm. And is like, okay, okay, here's he's what He's probably happened. also freaked out. Yeah. So he tells them about lightning and lethal. Oh, it's all about a little, little <laughs> lightning and lethal over here. Uh, episode title, <laughs> Lightning and Lethal. <laughs> um, who he bought from a guy who goes by Snake Joe in Pasadena. <laughs> oh, Snake Joe. It's not Joe Exotic? Right. That's exactly what I thought of. Snake Joe. I, maybe I'll they look up a picture. They couldn't come up with anything. Oh, uh, what you do, Joe? I sell snakes. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to call you... I think that's a self-given nickname. Yeah, that's one of those. <laughs> Just like Joe Exotic has well, to like be. That's like Fat Joe. <laughs> Snake, Snake Joe. Joe. Joe Exotic. Always with the Joes, man. Yeah, man. Joe Biden. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, yeah, he, he goes to Snake Joe because he's helping his boss, Robert, use them to murder his wife, which hilarious that the murder weapon is rattlesnakes it's always funny when the murder weapon has its own heartbeat (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so then they go question snake joe who fun fact about snake joe by the way the man owned over 500 snakes on his snake farm not surprised but he could tell them all apart and he had named them all that's now he personally named a lightning and lethal Mm. um Snake Joe. Were they all? Did they all begin with the letter L? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lightning, lethal, <Leroy>. Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence. Um, 
Snake Joe tells investigators that he was really uncomfortable selling the snakes to Charles, since it wasn't clear why Charles was purchasing them, and apparently Charles had come back the next day because they weren't vicious enough, and so he tried to return the snakes. Um, Charles explained to investigators that- He didn't that, say it out loud, did he? Oh, sorry. He's, he, no, I, I, can I get another one? The quote this? was, these didn't work. Oh, yeah. And so Snake Joe was like, excuse oh. me. <laughs> um... So Charles explained to investigators that lightning and lethal were put into a box and taken to Mary's house. And so apparently Mary was a couple months pregnant. And so Robert told her that a doctor would be coming to examine her oh, and assess man. her health. So this is a double murder. And huh? so what? I said, so this is a double murder. What do you mean? Well, cause she's pregnant. Like, Oh you know, yeah. She survived. Yeah. Technically it's already like multiple people have died. Oh well, yes. But yeah. Um, I took, yeah, when you said it's a double murder, I was like, no, like, Robert doesn't die. Robert's the murderer. It didn't even occur to me that, like, because she was pregnant, that's, that's a life Z. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so anyway, um, Robert told Mary to lie on their kitchen table, um, for, you know, in preparation for the doctor's examination. And of course, it's not an actual doctor who comes in, but Charles with a box full of snakes. So he puts Mary's foot into the box and waits for the snakes to strike. Mary is bitten several times and passes out from the venom, but it's not enough to kill her, which is like, yeah, duh. Like, it's mm -hmm. a snake bite. It's not, like, yeah, in her saying, foot. Yeah, like, they should have done it somewhere else. Or, also, why are you using snakes? I feel like so much could go wrong there. Like, just, yeah, just tigers, hit her over people. the head with it. <laughs> tigers. Come on. Why Rookie an mistake. animal? Rookie like, this mistake. makes no sense to me. But anyway, um... So a few hours later, she comes to and is not dead. And so James panics. Can you imagine uh, waking Robert. up after that? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Well, Robert takes her upstairs, drowns her in the bathtub, and then Charles helps her, um, helps him carry her out and stages her drowning in the pond outside. Robert then tells Charles to burn the house down, but Charles is like, no, stages, I, I think I've done enough. Stages her drowning in the pond outside by only placing her face in the pond. Not, like, her entire body. Also, it's a pond. So, I like... Mean, you can what drown she doing in a pond. In, yeah, but it's it's little. It's very shallow. Oh. And also, like, what would she be doing in the pond? She's trying to catch fish with her mouth. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, She's I guess... She's going bobbing for fish. I guess they had claimed that she was, like, drunk, got a concussion. Crab apples? And then... Crab apples? What's that? You know, like, apple bobbing? Yeah, I, the, I think it's just called apple bobbing. Oh. It's... <laughs> Is that not a crab apple? What's a crab no. apple? A, a fruit. A different kind of fruit, I think. Is it really? Yeah. Please hold. I'm pretty sure it's like one. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. You use crab apples. Oh, okay. What if? What about crab apple one word? Isn't that a thing too? Nope. That's interesting. Yeah. For some reason, I always pictured just not an apple when I heard the word crab apple. Okay, well, the more you know. So anyway, Charles does not burn down the house. Um, and so Robert makes up some pretend dinner arrangements with their friends James and Viola, Viola so that he's not the one that discovers the body. Like, James Got discovers it. the body. Yeah. So pretty quickly, though, the police are able to piece together the whole story thanks to cooperation from Charles, but also because they bug Robert's house during the investigation. Ooh. And they find that in addition to the murders... Robert and his niece were lovers. Oh, no. So he's arrested actually first for incense. In, nope. Incest. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's illegal to burn that shit. It My just God. smells too, too bitter. Um, no, he's arrested for incest and taken to a safe house to be interrogated. There he cracked and confessed, although he claimed Charles planned the murder, which is just not cool, man. <laughs> Also, that's not going to work. Again. Also, why, yeah, why would you go along with your co-worker's suggestion to kill your wife if you're not actually interested in that? Right. So, um, when his niece, um, I didn't get her first name, but her last name is Wright, which makes sense because I think that's Cornelius' sister. Mm -hmm. um, she's taken into protective custody and told of her um, uncle's murder plot. And she says, my God, I know nothing of this. It is too horrible to think about. I guess I am a lucky girl. Which, uh, what? What? Also, ew. That's like a Trump statement. <laughs> Disgusting. Like so, a, just, there's, none of it makes sense. Yep. Um, 
During the trial, there's a lot of discussion about the attempted murder weapons, which were rattlesnakes. Um, but it turns out that before this brilliant snake idea, Robert had actually tried to use black widow spiders to oh, kill his wife. Oh, dude, two for two. Yeah, that's why when you said that, I was like, oh, wow. Snap. So Robert had like essentially farmed black widows in his backyard. Like he had some nests going and he collected several and released them into his wife's bed while she was sleeping. Oh, And she no. got bitten. Like they bit her, but that was nothing like close to killing her. He's not the brightest. Uh... No, why does he keep trying to use like biology to kill her? Because like, it seems like an accident. Just hit her over the head. It seems like an accident. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, it just goes down as another one of those statistics. But, and, and like both both times he tried to do something like that, like a car crash or a snake bite, and it, he just ended up having to drown two of his wives. So he's not great yeah, he at He gives this. up pretty quick, doesn't he? <laughs> um, and so. Uh, Mary, or whatever. Her name is Mary, right? There's too many. We're five wives in. I can't keep track. But she thought that she had gotten a spider bite in the garden, and she actually reportedly tells her friend, that like, oh, yeah, like, I, I think I got bitten by some spiders in the garden. Like, it doesn't even cause her any pain. So really? Robert is like, damn it, yeah. <laughs> and he, that's when he decides to go with lethal and lightning. Um, yeah, that'll so, do it. <laughs> so lethal and lightning are brought into court during the trial in a glass terrarium, I guess, as, like, evidence. That's cool. <laughs> I'm sure the jury was like, oh, fuck that. Well, there's some kind of courtroom squabble causing the lid of the terrarium to be knocked off. No! And Lethal gets out. Lethal? Here's, <laughs> here's the description from one of the court reports. <laughs> it's an all cap, so it looks like Trump wrote it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Lethal, one of the rattlesnake... Rattlesnakes escaped in the courtroom during the noon recess after Robert James had spent most of the morning on the witness stand in his own defense. Like a streak of brown quicksilver, the reptile slid under a bookcase. His vicious rattling threw the courtroom into hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who did this writing like a streak of brown quicksilver? Is the this reptile not like slid... a scene from The Office or something? <laughs> yeah, like the bat scene. Yeah. Um, Snake Joe and another rattlesnake expert came to the rescue and captured Lethal before oh. he bit anyone. Snake, jo Snake Joe. Snake Joe. I think my three favorite names in the world are Lethal, Lightning, and Snake Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like a, a JP. What? What? what is it? Who is it? JP and Squee. <laughs> oh who, 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 who are the Kavanaugh friends? Oh my god! Like it's PJ. Like PJ. No, PJ and Squee. Squee. Uh, during the yeah during the was like was it Kavanaugh's drinking buddies or something yeah Kavanaugh's drinking buddies during his um hearing which like Kavanaugh is a terrible person and like nothing about him or what he did is funny but there are so many elements of that hearing where you're just like what like are you are you insane dude like the, the like I like beer moment and they're like no I was with I was with PJ and Squee or Squee yeah Squee Tobin? Squee PJ Smith. Moose. <laughs> Those are the most fratty names ever. Right? Moose, Squee, PJ. Yeah, it was PJ and Brett. Squee. But um, didn't we hear that somewhere? <laughs> we were like hiking or something. And Squiggy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. We heard, like, this kid calling for Squiggy, like his brother or something. We thought it was, like, a dog. Yeah. And then his brother comes around the corner. He's like, Squiggy, I told you. And we were like, oh, <laughs> they named him Squiggy. <laughs> and then, yeah, it reminded us of PJ and Squee. Yeah. Amazing. So all, all Not to make fun of them for naming him Squiggy, but. It's kind of funny. It's a little funny. <laughs> so, in the end. Yeah, here it is. Lifting yep. and beer and PJ and Squee. Kavanaugh. Yep. I'm Confirmed. I'm gonna get back okay, to yeah, story. <laughs> so in the end, Charles and Robert are found guilty of their crimes, with Robert receiving the death penalty, and Charles gets life in prison in exchange for his confession. Whoa! So he on, got life in prison. Mm -hmm. Wow! I mean, he plotted to kill someone. Yeah. He he purchased the rattlesnakes. I mean, one. people get out for a lot worse though. <laughs> I know it's true, but on May first, nineteen forty-two, Robert was executed by hanging at San Quentin State Prison, right down the road from us. Hey. Um, he was the last person to be executed in California by hanging. Mm. The rope was the wrong length, so it took over 10 minutes for him to die. 
Wow. And that is the story of Major Lazenba or Robert James or Rattlesnake James, as they call him on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> we got Snake Joe, Rattlesnake James. We're throwing out all the nicknames. Uh, so Great yeah. job. Thank that was, you. That was awesome. That's a good story, right? Yeah. That like I like it when there's like something weird to it. You know? When it's like like when there's some snakes involved, even though I don't like snakes. Um, oh, let me find the picture for you of, uh, wow, where did this go? Okay, I'll, I'll put it on the Instagram, but there's a picture of Lethal and Lightning, and they're oh, all nice. in court. <laughs> ah, all right. Now what? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> did we forget to think of something to do after the murder? We might have. Um... Let's see. <laughs> Z is currently Googling <laughs> one's gotta go. <laughs> wow, you think after We could bring up the whole left left Twix, right Twix. Oh yeah, we could. Bottle. No, because I don't want to be wrong about that in case it's not entirely true. I don't think it's true. Damn it. I think it's one of those things they did to just It's a marketing as a, as ploy. A marketing ploy. Damn it. Well, in my head I can still believe. Right. I think they're absolutely the same. Okay. But if they if they were different, do you think that you what do you think the difference would be? Like one's crunchier, right? I would and say one's a little cr- like creamier. I would say based on the placebo effect, <laughs> uh, one is crunchier and one. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that like because they told me that left Twix was like a crispier cookie, I was like, this is crunchier. Which is a lie. It's a lie. Damn it! It's like it's like the day that you learned Santa's not it's, real. This right is now. some like top-notch marketing tactics, yeah. though. I mean, I believed it, and I'm pretty good at like sussing out <laughs> lies. How do we trust? Do we trust her? Well, I mean, she thinks that the left twix is different than the right <laughs> twix. <laughs> so uh, you tell me. Uh, it's true. I still prefer left twix. Crunchy all the way. That's gonna be the campaign slogan, <laughs> if if you run for anything. <laughs> What? I still prefer. I left Twix. prefer the left Twix. I would prefer left Twix. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Get it? Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, Lefty Lucy. Righty tidy. I don't. I don't even know if I have a one's gotta go. We could just. We could just end it with like. I want to. I want to talk about all the things that have been. We've been gone for a long time. On we this have podcast. been gone for a long time. Yeah, you would think you would think that in the past like several weeks we would have uh, come up with something good, but <laughs> turns well, I mean, out we're just there is a reason slacking. why uh, we're doing this a lot later. Yeah, I mean things just got really busy, and I don't know with the election coming up, I didn't feel like doing this mm-hmm. for some reason. I had a lot of nerves. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I was just like, I need to watch like the news twenty four seven. I can't research murder, so. Too much going on. Yeah, too much going on. Plus, like, a lot of... Oh, I had two weeks of virtual conferences, which was a lot. Um, so, yeah. All right, what what is it that you want to talk about? Um. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like, aimlessly scrolling on this, well, like, I'm one's got like, <laughs> Oh, it's like, oh, wait, I'm not even looking at you're, you're, like, you have, like, blank white internet space. <laughs> Is all that he this has is pulled me. up right now. I look at my phone. I, I stare at my apps on my phone. I know. Sometimes like, I, don't even sometimes know. I watch you like scrolling through to l- just look through which app to open. Because like don't you don't even do. go in like purposefully. And then I open up the Weather Channel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I open up Google Maps, not because I'm going to search anything, because I'm just going to stare at Google Maps. I know it's an amazing like hobby of yours. Is just maps. I love looking like at maps. you open up maps and suddenly you're like look at this island off of Ivory Coast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, he has our, like, our home picked out for, like, if everything, like... Oh, yes. <laughs> turns if, if to... If the doomsday clock strikes 12, we know exactly where we're going. Yeah, don't tell him, though. They'll never find it's it. A... <laughs> it's inaccessible. In, found... in fact, the name of the island is Inaccessible Island. <laughs> well, now people are going to search that. No, it's it's not called. 
Nope, I would never tell you. In fact, here's the name of it. <laughs> in fact, here's the address. <laughs> but there's this, like, one house or whatever. Like, one structure. It's, uh, it's, we can't even check to see if it... One, we can't check if it's still there. Right? It's just this satellite image from God knows when that picture was taken. <laughs> of this, like, 10 by 10 foot building structure mm-hmm. in the middle of an island. In Dream the home. middle of... Nowhere Atlantic Ocean. Dream home. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> wow. Uh, so anyway, if you have a lot of free time to just, like, literally scour the entire globe and its maps, then you can find places like that. Right, Z? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, I have nothing, so this is up to you. <laughs> well, there's all sorts of things that we, we've done recently, right? What did we do? I had a birthday. Oh, yeah! Z turned 19. 25. <laughs> What's cooler than 24? 25. 25. Um, yes, you did. Now you're 25 years old. Yeah. She thinks I'm 15. <laughs> Every time I like mention his age, it gets younger. Yeah. We're like almost a year apart. I'm a little bit older, and I think it's hilarious that I'm older. It's not that funny, but it, it's I funny mean, if you like add a decade to it every time. Seven months is not that that much of a difference no but seven years is but it's <laughs> just because the number seven the units matter well you know seven decades is doesn't seem like as that much time seven but uh decades wolf hey people seven people decades what's, the, what's years? the biggest age gap you've ever heard of in a couple like 92 and seven and 18 no way yeah hold on really look it up Largest age gap. Can't type it Here, I'll, I'll this, Thank you. That is amazing to watch. Between. <laughs> the typos in this. Man, 112 marries a 17-year-old. Man. No. How is that legal? In what is thought to be the biggest age difference in the world, a Somali man married his teenage bride despite a 95-year gap. There you go. <gasps> no. Wait, can I see a picture of him? It looks not good. Let me see. I mean, that had to just be for, like, world records, right? That can't be... Wait, go back. Ooh, oh, there are multiple. Yikes. Oh, oh, no. There it is. Nope, oh, that's Britain's no. biggest age gap. That does not look good. No. This is not okay. Yikes. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. oh. That's yeah, Hugh Hefner. Hefner. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So when I said decades. I mean, literally 92 years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty bad. That's awful. <laughs> it's like I'm definitely doing it for their personality. And not their $500 million <laughs> I'm not doing it for the fact that I hope they die in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any day now. Any day now. Hey, hey, clock is ticking. <laughs> hey, look, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Insurance payouts is the theme of this episode. There are a lot of themes. Animal rights. <laughs> <laughs> Snakes. People named Joe. <laughs> People named Joe. <laughs> Okay, all right, Z. Should we call it? Let's call it. Yeah. Much like this presidential race. Yeah, you know what? Based <laughs> on our projections, I think it's time to call it. I think it's time, yeah. We promised also, like, episodes under an hour, so they were, like, nice and convenient yeah. for your for your listening pleasure. That, again, anyway, yep. Okay. Well, la-dee-da. Bye-bye. <laughs>